Blog Talk Radio. Another person might not find that other person attractive. So it really just depends. 
Okay, excellent. Um, now, for our male listeners out there, what in your experience are the top things women are looking for in a man? You know, I always love this question because whenever I test guys and I ask them this question, you know, what do you think women are looking for? Guys always yeah. think it's the same. They always think that it looks also. And when I tell them that's not the number one thing that women say to me that they're looking for, they're always dumbfounded. I mean, obviously, there needs to be some sort of physical attraction, but looks are never number one for women. Um, Women always tell me the top two things that they're looking for um, in a guy is confidence and sense of humor. Um, Because, you know, people just naturally like to be around people that are confident and sure of themselves. And you know, this is what I always tell guys is that if you can make a woman laugh, what woman want, wouldn't want to spend time with you? Because you're making her laugh and you're putting her in a happy space, and, you know, she's going to want to spend more time with you. Yeah, so it's the way she feels when she's with you and um, if it's making her laugh. And, you know, I find, tell me if the, um, in terms of what what men look, are looking for in a woman, you know, once um, once there is that, that attraction there, do you find confidence pretty high on a guy's list as well in terms of? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. mean what okay. men are also attracted to in a woman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I do I do find that men, you know, want a confident woman. Um, you know, they don't want someone who's insecure about her looks or, you know, who she is. They want someone who is is sure of herself. Yeah, no, that absolutely is what um so I find that confidence is ranks high on on both uh, both genders lists it seems, which I think is um is interesting. Now I've heard you mention that um you know, and I definitely uh, feel this way myself, but I've heard you mention that people need to be realistic when it comes to their lists of must-haves and deal breakers. So, can you tell me what you mean by that in terms of being realistic? Sure. You know, I find that, you know, when people come to me and they say they're looking for, you know, someone who has, you know, these 10 qualities and doesn't have these deal breakers, you know, of course, I'm always going to try and match, you know, 100% of what they're looking for. But sometimes that's not possible. And this is what I always tell clients is that they need to be realistic because no one is usually going to have 100% of what you're looking for. If somebody has 75 to 80% of what you're looking for, you're lucky. And I think people need to be realistic in the things that are missing, and they need to decide if those things that are missing in the person that they're dating, how important are they to the that person? You know, are they things that they can actually let go? Or maybe they're things that maybe that person can actually change and would be open to changing about themselves. Like, I'll just give you an example. You know, maybe somebody, a big deal breaker for a lot of people is smoking. And say if somebody's a casual smoker, they're probably willing to quit if they met the right person, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, for women, you know, some I, a lot of women will say to me one of their must-haves is that a guy has to be over six feet. I get that a lot, and this is for women that are even five foot four or five foot two. And I never understand why women that are that tall um, are not that tall. I should say need a guy that's over six feet because even if you put on heels, you're probably what five 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 six, uh-huh. and. You know, what women don't realize is that only 6% of the male population is over 6 feet. 
And so they're really limiting themselves. I'm just emphasize that. I'm sorry. I'm just going to emphasize that because I think it's great you have this statistic. And I think because I think that comes up often for a lot of us in the industry in terms of height. So that's a general population of, of guys, and it's about six percent or six and over. Is that what it is? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, but you know, and so when women have that as a must-have. They're completely limiting themselves as to the men that they can date. You know, there's plenty of guys that are under six feet that are great guys that maybe have even more qualities that they're looking for, but maybe they don't have, you know, the extra two inches in height. Maybe they're 5'10". So, Mm -hmm. you know, women need to be more open about the height thing. Um, I think another thing that I see come up a lot, too, is um, for people in their 40s, who won't date someone with kids. And I just think that's ridiculous is that you really need to be open to dating someone with kids because if you're in your 40s and you want to date someone in your 40s, most likely that person has been married before and has children from a previous marriage. Interesting. Now, I'm curious. Do you find that the um, so the disinclination um, to to uh, want to be want to date someone with kids is that more so you think with men or women, or is it pretty evenly balanced between the genders? That um, I guess lack of desire to date someone with kids. Have you found any patterns, or not really? I haven't seen patterns. I've seen it on um, both with both men and and women. So. Okay. You know, it, it's it's not one side or the other, but I just I try to tell my clients and female members that they really just need to be more realistic. And you know, my thing is is that, you know, if if someone can make a commitment and has children, I think that's probably more attractive, right, than someone that has never been married or doesn't have children. You know, when you're in your 40s, you kind of want to see that they've actually made a commitment, right? You know, I, well, you know what I, I say to people, Suzanne, is whatever someone's deal breakers or must-haves are, um, and let's just say must-haves for a minute, whatever their must-haves are, because oftentimes deal breakers are the flips of those must-haves, so whatever their must-haves are, um, I always ask them, what are the why behind your must-haves? Because if the why, you know, the why for someone might be something that really, like, puts that in a must-have category versus a why for, you know, another why might be something that, you know, like you said, being more open about something may let them have more of the essentials that they, other essentials that they want. So I think when someone asks the why behind each must-have they have, um, then it really gets behind what is sort of underlying that and what flexibility is possible there or, um, you know, or not. That's that's how I like to deal with these must-haves, um, and I also find, and I, I wonder if you do too. I imagine you might. Is that sometimes with those must-haves, there's some internal inconsistency there. So, for example, to take sort of extremes, you know, someone who wants a guy who is like, you know, absolutely passionate about their work and absolutely like. Um, you know, super, super high achiever, and at the same time, like a complete 
complete family man and sort of always there for all the games and all that. And, you know, to some degree, there's some internal inconsistency in the extremes of both of those, right? Um, you know, a guy is that, who's, that, who's that hard driving at the work is probably not going to be have the opportunity to be there for all the personal moments as well. It just, um, it's, it can be very difficult. So that kind of, I mean, do you sometimes see those sort of internal inconsistencies in what people are seeking in, in like one individual? and one person is that something you yeah, see yeah you know i i do see that and you know i think you're i think you made a great point is that people really need to be flexible and they also mm-hmm. need to just be realistic about it you know it's like you said there's an inconsistency by wanting this man that's so passionate about his career and the provider and is but then is also the ideal family man i mean obviously he can be both but to a certain extent, one side has to give so he can provide more on one side or the other, right? Yeah, I mean, again, again, these are the extremes. Certainly if someone, you know, many of us, you know, embody both, but it's uh, to the extent that someone is seeking the extremes of either, um, then, like you said, something has to give. It's it's difficult to expect everything from one person um, in terms of just resources of time, if, if nothing else. Um, so yeah, being realistic and being flexible, I think, um, that comes up again and again, I think in our industry. So I think, um, definitely realistic and flexible. Now, you know, kind of dovetailing a little bit with some of this in your experience, do people tend to get pickier as they get older, you think? Um, does that sometimes happen? And if it does, you know, what do you think about that? Um, you know, again, I don't like to generalize, but I do see it happen. Um, okay. I do see both men and women get pickier as they get older. And it's funny, cool. when they come to me and they say say that, you know, just so you know, I'm really picky and blah, 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 you know, some people tend to think by telling me that that's actually a good thing. It's actually a bad thing because it tells me that they're inflexible about, you know, certain things and they're not open and they really think that they're going to meet someone who has 100% of what they're looking for. And that, to me, is just unrealistic. You know, someone could be the most amazing person, have all these great qualities, and they're maybe missing one or two things, and they'll discount them right then and there because they're not perfect. And it's just, it's, it's, I don't think it's good to get pickier at any age, whether it's older or younger. Um, people always think that, you know, I have these standards and they have to meet them. And, yes, of course you have to have basic standards about qualities and values, but there's certain things where you have to just see if there's some flexibility. Like I said, you know, will somebody let go of certain things or will they change or is they open to different things? But, you know, you, you don't know until you get to know a person and you really, you know, build upon that. I think that's a great point. I mean, I think a lot of things fall out of fall by the wayside when you really um like when you really fall for someone and when you really you said get to know them and appreciate everything about them. You know, in terms of this pick year, it's interesting. I know what you're saying in terms of having high standards and I think I mean, you know, I I think all our clients generally come to us they have high standards and I think that's that's great. Uh, but between high standards and getting, um, you know, yeah, there's sort of, there's, I think there is a fine line there. And, you know, I, I generally tell people having high standards is great. I mean, that's a great mindset to have. Just be careful that it's about the right things for you. And that's sort of where, where you know, the challenge is to make sure, sort of self-audit yourself that what you're being picky about, where your standards lie are things that are really going to, you'd be relevant in the long term for the long haul. 
Um, and those, like you said, be flexible around those that that are not, you know, going to be particularly relevant. Um, I think I think um, I think that's a great point. Again, to work, to being flexible. Um, so let's let's jump to something else and let's uh, talk about first dates and let's talk about some of your well let's um let's let's break it up even you know i'm sure a lot of these will cross both genders but let's say what are some of your top first date tips that are sort of more specially tailored for women right but um what might be those for women you know first of all i i mean uh you know it's very important what you wear and that's that's across the board for both men and women. But for women, you know what I find is living in New York City is that a lot of women wear black, and they think it's sexy and it's great to wear on a first date. Actually, it's not the greatest thing to wear on a first date because men are very visual, and you have to catch their eye. And so it's very important to wear color. Um, and it's it's important because it also, you know, brings out your vibrancy and your, your skin tone and just who you are. Um, black is just a very drab color, so I think that's important, that women should wear more color on their first date and wear something that's more feminine um, and flirty, but not too sexy where it's too revealing because you don't want to reveal too much on a first date. Keep the mystery. But so exactly. Not but um okay um excellent so what about for uh, for the guys on the line so what are some of your you know top first date tips for uh for the guys out there so for the guys you know again it's it's you only have one chance to make a first impression with what you wear and so you know where men are superficial is about how a woman looks physically right her face and her body right but where men are, are where women are superficial is when you're walking up on that first date and you've never met, say it's a blind date or you've met through one of us, you know, as a matchmaker, um, and the guy walks up, if his outfit isn't up to par, that's where women can be superficial because she immediately assesses him and decides whether or not he fits into her fashion sense. So it's really important that a guy pick the right first date outfit and that he doesn't go too casual or too dressy, but, you know, something obviously appropriate to where he's taking her. Okay, excellent. Um, And uh, what about, uh, let me ask you, are there any conversation, um, any tips regarding the conversation in that first first date uh, that you tend to, tend to suggest uh, both men and women? Sure, sure. Um, You know, one of the things that I always tell both men and women is, number one, and it sounds so obvious, but I'm telling you, I hear this mistake all the time from my clients and female members after they go out on a first date that someone tended to talk about too much about their past relationship history And, you know, it's one of those things where, of course, that's obviously going to come up. But what I tell my clients is that just tell the person top-line information. You know, if you were were married for 10 years and you just got a divorce, you know, that's all you need to say and why it didn't work out really briefly. But sometimes what people will do is when someone asks, you know, were you married, they'll go into everything. And I'm like, no, and they think that it's a green light because the person asked. It's just like right. give top-line information, and as they get to know you, other things will come out. Um, 
I, I, you know, tenfold. I, I agree with that in terms of, you know, I always, you know, the, the, the goal is you're getting to know that person in front of you and bringing in things about past relationships. I, you know, I, I think can really hinder that, um, that goal of getting to know the person just right in front of you in that moment. And, um, and I also suggest people keep it, keep it positive. I mean, try not to go negative, And that's why I don't, I, I dislike that topic of conversation to begin with because, you know, uh, you know, if you're there, then then the chances are your, you know, your past relationship didn't work, and so it would be easy to kind of go to negative for a lot of people on that. But um, you know, I I think that uh, that just takes the energy away from the whole encounter you're having. So um, so I think I think it's a great one. Um, Suzanne, I would I don't want to let you go without letting you um, or inviting you to share with our listeners anything about your single in stilettos um, of that. Now, you have an upcoming one. Is that right? Yes. I've scheduled the next one for Saturday, May 5th in New York City, Um, and it's going to be an all-day event. And, you know, how I came up with the single in stilettos event was, you know, I interview women all day long for my matchmaking service. And one of the questions that I always ask them is, what else are you doing to meet a guy? I mean, it's great you came to see me as a matchmaker, but matchmaking, as you know, takes time. So um, I always tell the women to be more proactive and do other things. And they always tend to just tell me one or two things that they're doing. And I always find that interesting because you know, if a woman lost her job today, she would do everything in her power to get a new job. She would contact headhunters. She would go online. She would network. You know, she would call friends and family members. But when it comes to their personal life and they're looking for the right guy, they tend to do maybe online dating and, you know, come see me as a matchmaker. And I always found that interesting because I always thought, well, you're not really doing enough. You need to do a lot more. Um, so... One of the things that um, I felt was that I really wanted to empower women, and I wanted to give them access to the top dating and relationship experts that could help them, you know, and give them new ideas on other ways that they can meet the man of their dreams. And so, you know, I did this one full-day event, gave women access to, you know, the top dating and relationship experts, you being one of them, which was great. And it really empowered these women, and it was such a positive experience. These women came away from the event just, A, so happy, but, B, just feeling empowered that they were going to try new things to meet the man of their dreams. And that, to me, was worth everything that I put into the event, and that was my goal with the event. And it was just, it was great. So the next one is, like I said, Saturday, May 5th um, here in New York City. It's something that we're actually going to do in other cities um, in the upcoming year. So um, if people are interested... Yeah, if people are interested in possibly attending a Single and Stilettos event, they can go to singleandstilettos.com, and that's one one L and two T's in stilettos. Everyone seems to spell stilettos wrong, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's going to be a great, another great event. So um, it's something that people should look forward to in the future in, in major cities across the United States. Well, that is that's exciting that it's going to be expanding to uh, to major cities. Our listeners come from throughout the country, and um, I can uh, I can say firsthand that the energy in the room was incredible, and 
the whole um, idea of empowering women speaks close to my heart. So, um, so I definitely wow. Okay, so May fifth. Um, so everyone knows, and that that one will be in New York City. But you are exploring doing this in other cities as well. Right. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Suzanne. They've been very interesting and insightful. I'm wondering if there's any last thoughts or take-home message that you'd like to leave our listeners with. You know, I think the last thought I would like to leave the listeners with um, is to just really be more open when it comes to dating and trying to find the right person because sometimes when you start dating someone that you maybe thought wasn't your type may turn out to be your type. And that's, I think, what's so important is because people tend to discount somebody before they even date them. And, you know, it's about just trying new things. You know, you never know. I love that. You know, you know, your partner could come in a very unexpected package, so just being open to that can just open up so many possibilities. Um, wonderful. I'd like to thank Susanna Shima for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jasmina, for having me on as a guest. I really enjoyed myself. Wonderful. Now, in case you join us late, I would like to share the show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com, and I can be reached at just being at intersectionsmatch.com. I appreciate your hanging out with us, and do email me with topics you've discussed in future shows, and make sure to join us for next month's show. Good night, everyone. <laughs>